0: It is pet chat time and no it's not four in the afternoon we've just had a little shuffle around with sick people and people away how dare they do that to us (laughs) but special guests of course in the studio with us uh, every well not quite every week but Kimberly Earle hello hello how are you doing I'm all right thank you very much and thank you for coming in today no problem excellent stuff and Daniel Carrington with us as per normal good afternoon all right now you guys will have to sort of coach me through this, if you don't mind. Oh, I'm loving this. This is oh, that's great. <laughs> this yeah. is this is my first pet chat.
1: It, it's taken me what eleven years of doing pet chat to finally work with you, Kev.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> might be the last time you do it, too, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you might think, geez, what did I wait all that time for? What a letdown. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine, Kimberly. So, what's your special? Yeah, what are we talking about today?
2: Um, so, we're going to talk about some of the new legislation that's come into effect uh, as of July first in New South Wales with regards to rehoming dogs and. Cats in New South Wales. Some things that people who might be wanting to rehome their pets need to be aware of.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I didn't it know that the government's involved, obviously,
1: for animal Apparently welfare. Apparently,
2: they have a budget. Yeah, it's, it's under an animal welfare banner for sure. Yeah. yeah. Terrific.
0: Yeah. And
1: Daniel. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about, we'll interview Chris, who's a dog behavioralist. Okay. And he's going to talk to us about two of the most common problems when you've got a dog or a puppy that's most frustrating for owners, and that's when your dog is pulling while being walked and when your dog is jumping at you jumping on you jumping up and down with and an annoying. excitement okay. mm. so we have an expert who can figure that one out for us yes so you straight away you have a special guest i do look um chris murphy who's a dog behaviouralist with uh, barker's imbalance he's going to be talking to us about pulling and, and 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 jumping with with our dogs and uh that can be an issue uh really as new dog owners or puppy owners and it could be even an issue as the dog is in adolescence so um have we got Chris on the line? I certainly hope so. I think someone else might have picked him up. Okay. <laughs> Where did he go? So, um, yeah, like, uh, there is a main thing um, that I think about when I... Because uh, I breed Weimaraners and uh, people buy puppies from me and so forth. I always think about um, the dog and its ownership and behavioural issues. And straight away from day one, I tell people in terms of the jumping, while it might be fun as a puppy that the the dog is jumping to say hello and is excited. It's no longer fun when it's full grown. Mm -hmm. So how do we uh, deal with these issues? And Chris Hello Chris Yes Okay, mate. Hi, guys. Hello. We thought we nearly lost you there. But uh, (laughs) uh, look, I I was just introducing you to the show and and, uh, we're going to talk about pulling and jumping. So when our dog (laughs) is pulling us, let's first of all take that one. We're we're wanting to take the dog for a walk or the puppy and it just pulls and pulls. And it's so frustrating to the point that some dogs and some owners just don't want to take their dogs out for a walk, which is not good and not healthy. So why, why does a dog pull? What's what's the reason? There's,
3: yeah, well, well, there's a couple of reasons why. but the, the two main reasons generally are the dog's excited and wants to get to the destination quickly, or yeah. the reward, wherever we're taking them, um, or it can be out of fear as well. So um, basically, if it's down the excitement road, it, it's not an easy fix, but what we need to do is we need to concentrate more on how we're walking the dog other than how long we're going to walk the dog for or where we're going to walk the dog. So instead of going for an hour walk and you want to go about 10 blocks, you might only get from the front door to the gate. It might take 20 minutes and going back and forth from the front door to the gate but what we're teaching the dog is when you're on my side we're going to move forward we're going to move closer to that destination whether it be the, the beach or, or the doggy park but when you pull and you're in front i'm going to turn around and i'm going to go back the other way so then we turn around we go back the other way once dog or puppy's back on that loose leash again uh we go back towards the destination, or like whether it be the dog park or that fun thing, whether it be playing with other dogs.
1: So, so let me let me <laughs> just visualize this because I can relate to this. I had a dog that was, and like when you have a dog and you show dogs, like we do in the show ring, they are dogs that are excitable because they love performing and they love being out there. And this yeah. dog, when you got his. Um, lead out. He knew, we're going out for a walk. He would do cartwheels. <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> it's like I'd, jumping uh, around. Day, yeah. So, yes. what you're saying to me in this situation, you got to calm this dog down and it's not about the destination, but the, for the dog it is. It's the destination and all the smells along yeah, the path Yeah, yeah. We sort of need to help
3: that excitement. So, instead of exciting the dog for the walk, exciting to go out the front door, then we're excited out the gate and it pulls all the way to the dog park and then the best reward we can give that dog then is to let it play with other dogs yeah and so really what we've done is we've rewarded the dog for pulling us behind (laughs) instead of turning around and going while you're pulling we're going to turn this way now i'm going to lead and you follow me and then eventually the reward is getting out the gate to then go to the dog park and then playing with that other dog when we're followed our leader instead of becoming the leader ourselves.
1: So while you're training your dog to do this, you might never get to the dog park for the first 15, 20 Correct. times because you're saying, yes. you're saying it may take 20 minutes just to get from the front door of the house to the gate because you start walking, the dog pulls you at that we point, you to stop yes. and turn around and go back.
3: Back to the front door, we go back to where we started from, <laughs> and we start again.
1: So groundhog day.
3: Groundhog day. It is exactly that. And eventually what the dogs will do is they, they will pick up the, the cues of we move forward when I'm behind and we move backwards when I'm in front. So it sort of changes, it changes the, the way the dog starts to think. And then because you're changing directions quite rapidly too, especially if your dog's quite a big puller, They need to pay attention to you more as well so you'll get more of that eye contact of them trying to work out, where's this person going, they keep getting in my way so they'll pay more attention to you and then they'll start to follow instead of lead as well, so it it helps with that.
1: So we've dealt with excitement, what about fear? What if this dog is just
3: fearful? Yeah, so fear can be um, something that a lot of dogs uh, either usually it comes from being attacked on the lead from another dog so when they get on the lead they're quite nervous um and sometimes it can be sounds or sights or smells so basically when we go for the walk with a dog if 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 it's out of fear and they're just pulling along because they want to get out of the area we need to scale it right back and almost stop within close proximity of the area that the dog is fearful of and let them smell let them have a look around And once your dog's relaxed and happy, then you can move a little bit forward. Once you sort of see your dog get those traits again of the the tail curling in and the ears going back and the the, the excitement starting to, to leave the dog, I suppose, what we want to do is we want to stop around there and we desensitise the dog with with a little bit of treats or or, um, if they're pre-motivated with a ball and make them happy in that area and desensitise them to that area before we move on again. And that way we're moving slower through these areas, picking up the smells and the sights instead of just wanting to rush through them to get to that
1: next point. There's good information there and certainly worthwhile, and from what I can see, it, it would take uh, quite a bit of training, patience on the owner, to get mm-hmm. through these problems. And oh, the last bit I want to talk about is the jumping issue. Why would mm-hmm. they want to be jumping? Again,
3: out of excitement, um, but also encouragement. So it's the same thing as if you if uh, haven't been there for eight to ten hours of the day. When you come in, the dog obviously hasn't seen you for that period either, so they're quite excitable and happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately for us, we encourage this behaviour by us not seeing the dog for eight or 10 hours for the day, and then we are excited to see the dog. So we we pat Fluffy and tell him that he's a good boy um, while he's in this state. So Mm -hmm. therefore we're encouraging that to happen. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is ourselves, it is quite hard, uh, but you, you come through the door and if, if the dog's excited, we need to not pay attention to that excitement, not reward that behavior. And then when the dog calms and puts themselves in a calm state, then we go over and approach and greet the dog and tell them they're a good boy and tell them what you've done for the day. Mm-hmm. So that way we're rewarding the behavior of calmness instead of excitement. Um, but it also is good to encourage your visitors to when they come through the door, the first thing is not to With the dog, that the first thing to do is you can greet the dog by saying hello, uh, followed by a sit. And therefore, what we're teaching the dog is when somebody approaches, they're going to say hello, then they would like you to sit. So, if you keep a lolly jar or cookie jar at the the front of your house, if you've got a dog that's quite a jumper, Uh, we can get our guests to come in, greet the dog, hello, sit, grab a treat, we give the dog a treat. And then what that becomes into a routine and eventually they know someone that walks through the door is going to ask them to sit and they will get a treat for that. So generally what you'll find is you'll get your dog doing what we call an auto-sit. So someone comes through the door and they just automatically sit, get their mm, treat. Fantastic. And therefore, yeah, we've got bums on the ground instead of paws up.
1: Lou, <laughs> mm. thank you so much for that excellent information. And uh, I hope those who are listened who've got those issues can take away some of those titbits and try and work with that.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, and it does take time, like you said, too. It's not something that um, is going to happen overnight. Some dogs take 20 minutes, and they do get it in that 20-minute one session. Um, some dogs need a little bit more, either if it's because they are a young puppy or they are a dog, that, that we've enabled this for about six or seven years, so it's it's not going to change overnight. But when the owners stick with the from the front door to the gate, from the front door to the gate, and don't let the yourself or the dog move to the next bit until we're succeeding in that little bit, and that's how you're going to get your success. But so just don't push it, let them, let them go at their pace. And Yeah.
1: Okay. Should work, please. Thank you so much.
0: No problem at all. Thanks, all mate. All right. Bye. You know what Chris says makes absolute sense when you think about it? It does. <laughs> But we don't think that way, do we? we? We, as humans, we let our emotions for our for our pets because they're part of the family. Yeah. And those emotions take over, and yeah, you're right. He goes, G'day, day again. The dog jumps up and down. So you're just encouraging the. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, and like dogs are very much in terms of the sounds. Yeah. Sounds of our voices. Yeah. You know, dogs communicate with growls. And yeah, all, yeah, the, yeah. That. So when we're high pitched, very excited, yeah. it just gets them so excited. Like, yeah. Bring out the popcorn. Let's yeah. go. That's
0: it. We wonder who is the smarter of the animals, the animals or us <laughs> Sweet Alright Daniel has had to rush off
2: That's alright That's alright We can man the show ourselves yeah. Can't
0: we We to have a go Kimberly <laughs> What's the worst that can happen
2: That's right I've been out of out of action here For about six months So we'll we'll find our feet it's a Bit of
0: a regular as well So Kimberly and, and just fill me in Where are you from
2: um, I have a practice in, in Edgeworth Yep And um, we are a small animal practice We do exotics And things like that as well Okay so,
0: Yeah Excellent
2: Or did you mean Where no, am I from As no, in where was I born
0: No no wow
2: <laughs> I get lots of ca- comments On the, on where the ga- are you from, gammy then? Canadian accent yeah, so I was born in Canada, been in Australia most of the time since 2001. So Are you
0: one of those very apologetic Canadians?
2: No. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: oh, Canadians do. They apologise for everything. Sorry, sorry. Oh. Sorry, oh, my foot was underneath your foot. Sorry. I'm not
2: sure. I'll have to ask my colleagues, see uh, if okay. I am apologetic.
0: Kimberly, uh, just talking a few moments ago with you about uh, anxious dogs.
2: Mm-hmm. and you tell, really
0: They give signs, but as as uh, if I'm not trained in this area, how do I know what I'm looking at and what am I looking for?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's pretty good about, you know, when the dog's got their tail tucked between the legs. Most people can see that. Yep. Lots of people can see the ears that go flat back against the head but um, some of the more subtle signs that we look for would be things like panting or smiling. Sometimes these dogs get a big, wide-open smile. Their lips are pulled back. They're not growling. Um, They seem like they have a happy face, but that's often a sign of anxiety. So Um,
0: panting is not necessarily out of breath. It's just... yeah, yeah. just Uh, that
2: I'm anxious, so I'm just going to pant. So the one that I always look for in my consult room is um, lip licking. So you'll see a dog that um, they start licking their lips. Sometimes they're drooling excessively, and in between that they're panting. So I had a dog this morning even, that was quite an anxious dog the owner's aware of it and that dog walked you know walked comfortably into the consult room but then sort of went and tucked himself around behind the owner and as i sat and watched him he was looking around so he was hyper vigilant looking around all the time just in case you know he's, he's trying to work out if there's anything that's going to threaten him he's, yeah. he's licking his lips he's drooling a little bit excessive panting so um you know it's it's some of those subtle signs that we sort of see and i think sometimes people assume that um you know their dog is happy because it's panting and it's excited sure. but if you look at the real subtle signs the body position that maybe the the bum's down a little bit the tail might still be up but the posture might be that yes. they're leaning back a little bit that they're licking their lips um some of those are anxious dogs or dogs that are unsure about how things are going to how are going to go for them in this interaction yeah. so
0: why yeah. is it here's one for you uh, mm-hmm. our, our cat uh pretty much can do most things with it generally yep. nice animal yeah Uh, except pick it up, start playing with its head, its mouth. Mm -mm, It's going to tell you, no, no, you stay away from there. I'm going to nip you. And, of course, course they do give you a little nip because obviously they can really, really lay in if they want to. Cats can be
2: very, very aggressive with their teeth, yes.
0: But you take this cat to the vet. Yeah. It can do anything to the cat. Yeah. Why is that?
2: Well, so, I mean, some of that is the cat is out of its comfort zone, right? They're just a bit like children, um, cats and dogs. If you, So um, they become
0: more obedient.
2: They become more obedient. And, and sometimes it's that they're shutting down, that they're really scared, and they don't know how to react. So they're, they're, it's almost like a freeze response. I'm just going to freeze and see where this goes before I get aggressive. But remembering that um, lots of cats and dogs, but lots of cats, will have um, undiagnosed dental disease. And so an aversion to having their head and mouth played with might be that their teeth are sore and they're just yeah. actually telling you keep away
0: yeah yeah that's a point so yeah, yeah. you've got a few war wounds
2: um, I'm pretty lucky. I don't get bit very often. I, I take a very serious role in looking at, um, you know, body language and things like that. Yes. Um, I've never had a serious cat bite. Knock on wood, that could happen. I've had the occasional dog nip, but nothing serious. But we see it in our industry quite frequently. So, mm. um, yeah, I think it's it's something that happens. Clears a lot up
0: for me as well. Thank you, mm. Kimberly Earle <laughs> is our guest this afternoon. Dave from Burrigal is on the phone. Kimberly, uh, another behaviour issue. Um,
4: mate, I've just recently got a dog. Um, And it's aggressive with other dogs. Mm -hmm. It used to live with a a taller dog, but um, apparently it wasn't aggro with it. Yep. Um, But any other dog, when we walk him and that sort of thing... He goes ballistic.
2: Sure. Okay. So it's a complicated, um, a complicated thing that you're dealing with. Obviously, you've come into this dog's life later on in the piece. You don't know what kind of um, experiences he's had as a as a young dog. And it's actually really common for um, some dogs to get along with their housemate, but not to necessarily be that um, comfortable with dogs that they don't know. And so, particularly, you know, we don't know if when your dog was a pup, um, did he have a run-in with a big dog that scared him and sort of left him, um, you know, anxious about those sorts of things. So it's a complicated issue and it's going to take some work. Um, I would have a chat with your local vet about it and and just make sure that your dog doesn't have an underlying sort of anxiety issue. We were talking about that a little bit before and there are some dogs who absolutely would benefit from um, some pharmacological help to deal with anxiety and then there's a desensitization, um, you know, sort of period that we want to do. So we want to encourage him um, to to be um, happy on his walks and when you see another dog, um, preferably he'll stay on a leash so we know what his, you know, we've got control over him Um, but redirecting his um, aggression towards you. So I always tell people start with having the best, yummiest treat that you know he likes and when you see another dog coming, hopefully before he even cottons onto it, get him to sit hopefully in a position where his back is to the other dog and just get him to focus on you and give him treats. So we're looking at um, distracting him and redirecting him so that he's not necessarily um, focused on the other dog and over time he'll still know that the dog is there um, but over time hopefully he'll start to go, oh, there's a dog coming that means i'm going to get my really good treat so it's about positively reinforcing the good behavior not encouraging the bad behavior but i have to tell you it's a complex problem it's it's absolutely something you can overcome um i would speak to your vet about it make sure he doesn't have an anxiety issue and then um engage a good trainer who uses um positive reinforcement methods to try to help give you some tips and expect that it's going to take some time
4: yeah because okay. we can't even take him to the dog park.
2: The, you know, the dog park is actually a really, that's an advanced level trip out of the house, I would say. The dog park is not an easy environment for a lot of dogs. Um, I wouldn't try to take him to the dog park I, until you're, you're pretty happy that he's, you know, a well um, a well behaved, well socialised pet. Um, so I would start with walks around the block in his, you know, an area that he's um, already a bit familiar with and, and just get him out walking around the block and to get him used to being in that sort of environment before we take him to a, a spot like the dog park, which can be Quite confronting for them
5: okay, okay.
0: not a problem good luck thank you very much no thank worries. you very much indeed Dave appreciate that uh Steve is on the phone as well from Barnsley Kimberley uh Steve has uh well backing dog problems
2: hi Steve okay what's going on with your dog
4: um she's old mm-hmm and um uh, I've been home a lot yep and she likes to spend time with me.
2: Okay.
4: Um uh, she's a, a coolie.
2: Yes. Okay. Working
4: dog. And she'll be eighteen 80. next month.
2: Wow, okay. And she started to bark, has she?
4: Uh has been for a couple of years. Okay. When I go, say down the street yep. and I, I don't take her with me, she will stand uh, as soon as I'm driving off, she would mm. just stand and just go
2: walk. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa non-stop right okay so she's probably got some separation anxiety um it sounds like her i mean she's a she's a an elderly dog at 18 and we know that um issues with um anxiety or separation um, as well as dementia in dogs we see cognitive problems in dogs as they get older um where they're just you know a, a bit out of their about a bit out of their mind and they don't really understand what's happening so it might have been that as a younger dog she could she was aware of the fact that you're going out now but you're likely to come back and that may not be something that she's sort of cognitive of anymore
5: Uh, Um, she
4: she i did have another coolie that she was with yeah and i think she learned it from her because when i learned from when i would just go down walk down the street where i lived to the the shops the chemists mainly whatever Mm -hmm. um i would hear her barking Barking, my older dog and, so does and I think she might have learned
2: it. Yeah, from that. And is she on her own now when you're going away? She doesn't have a, a partner dog to um, keep nope. her entertained? Yeah, okay. Nope. So one of the things you could look at doing would be um, giving her something yummy and distracting as you're going out so that she's not just focused on the fact that the door is just closed behind you. It doesn't work for <coughs> every dog. But, um, you know, looking at a, a treat or uh, maybe an ice block that's got some yummy stuff frozen into it, that might might be something that's um, worthwhile um, if you can. And if she's mobile enough, you could look at taking her or taking her for a short walk um, before you go so that she's a little bit more tired out when you go and she's a little bit less um, a little bit less sort of worried about you you know she might be more relaxed and just have a bit of a sleep I've tried Uh, the walk but
4: I'll I'll try the snack yeah I've tried the walk and that doesn't work
2: okay (laughs) So you might look at... She's
4: in really good condition.
2: Good, okay. Yeah. So you might look at um, speaking to your local vet about some medications for um, anxiety or... um dementia for her there are some things we sometimes can do to help some of the there's some prescription level diets that can be helpful um from that standpoint if you think that her you know sometimes the dogs the bodies are keeping up with them but the brain isn't that's not an uncommon sort of thing um mm-hmm. or even some of the pheromone um products that can just help to give a little bit of a um a relaxing calming uh, effect she's on her.
4: she's a outside dog
2: yeah, so they have a collar, cal- a the Adaptal Collars. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that online, but um, they're a pheromone collar that can help just to give a little bit of um, relaxation and calming to her, and that might be worthwhile.
0: All Get right, Steve, thank you so much indeed for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, Linda is mm. also with us today. Kimberly from Cameron Park. Linda, your cattle dog has anxiety.
5: Hello. Hello, Hi. Linda. How are you? Hi. Sorry. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. What can we help you no, with? Good. Um, I've got a five-year-old stumpy-tailed cattle dog. I've yes. also got a, a nearly ten-year-old Labrador cane corso cross. Okay. But my stumpy-tailed cattle dog. yeah. Um, he, I do believe she's got massive separation anxiety. She sure. doesn't like anybody else except for myself and my husband. Anybody else comes to her house. Yep. She literally throws herself like a crazy person at the gate. Oh, okay. Walks, goes mental. Um, But she's the biggest sook when she's around us and with our other dog. Does she behave like that when
2: you're home or just when you're not home?
5: No, when we're home as well. When you're home, yeah, okay. yes. Even my mum, my nearly 80-year-old mum comes over and she's like, oh, I really don't like her. Yeah. And and my other dog, Biff, he's nothing like that. He's just mellow and, Yeah. yeah, so... I don't know what to do with So, that. yeah,
2: listen, cattle dogs are cattle dogs are an interesting <laughs> breed, right? They're a working breed. Um, they're an intelligent dog. Um, they do have a higher rate um, than the general population of dogs of anxiety um, sort of orders okay. uh, disorders and sometimes even sort of compulsive disorders. Um, yeah. We see a really high rate of tail chasing in dogs, even even stumpy ta- tail dogs. Um, we see tail yeah. chasing and things like that in them sometimes, which is considered, a, I guess, a mental health disorder in, in a dog, sure. if you could call it that. Um, It doesn't sound like a separation anxiety to me, although this is a very, um, you know, informal and and brief way of looking at it. but Certainly, um, they're very protective dogs, um, and she might have a very strong protective response for you. And so, um, you know, she's quite good and happy with you guys, but she sees anybody else coming in as a potential threat, and she's making herself known that, you know, I'm here, these are my pack, I'm going to defend my pack and and my people. Um, And so, to a certain degree, some training can help with that, but I I absolutely agree with you because of their propensity towards anxiety. Sometimes engaging a veterinary behaviorist to um, assess the dog's behavior, um, ideally in their own environment, but even in a clinical situation, um, so we can get a broader picture. We often, you know, would would do extensive histories on these sorts of things and try to work out where um, else we might be seeing uh, signs of anxiety or or other um, mental health issues in, in the dogs. And it's a it's a really common thing in our dog population okay. on the whole. But um, I would say that even more so in cattle dogs. <laughs> oh, I okay, So, yeah. Yeah, right, so right. Um, you know, maybe start with a bit of reading or look for some veterinary behaviorists yeah. um, and, um, you know, see how you go. There's lots of things that potentially can be done for those sorts of behaviors, yeah. Um, okay. But also, they, they do, um, they're a bit intolerant sometimes, so just be cautious of, you know, your mother and things like that. Make sure she's protected because sometimes they're not very Oh, yeah, we don't. Yeah. She doesn't go anywhere
5: Good. outside near her or anything. No, no, I would not trust her at all, yeah, to, which is, I don't like having a dog like that but yeah she's a beautiful dog yeah the lovely other otherwise yeah thank you very much for that no
2: worries talk
5: to you again
0: thank you very much indeed linda
5: kimberly a couple of dogs
0: of the week to announce
2: yeah look, look we have um Kempsey, who's a five and a half year old kelpie cross um, looks like Kempe, Kempe, Kempsey Sorry, That's like easy the, like the to town that. Kempsey um, loves children of all ages especially ones who can throw a ball and is absolutely ball crazy about his ball um, he's a working breed dog so he's a, he's a Kelpie cross so they have a fairly high um, activity requirement um, if his family could take him to the beach for, or for a hike he would be an absolute dream um, he's a little bit shy at first but what else warms to you as soon as you've got that ball handy sounds like a typical Kelpie dog Doesn't who it, has I'm an a- obsessive. About balls. They're, They're a really dog
5: They're Kelpies. lovely, though. Yeah, there's a um,
0: photo of, uh, of Kimsey up on um, the website yeah. under, under the pet chat. says link. he's
2: not a digger or an escape artist. He's not <laughs> scared of fireworks or thunderstorms. He'd love to new some, uh, learn some new tricks. Um, he isn't a fan of cats and pocket pets. So good towards other dogs and children, but not cats and other pocket pets. So if you think Kempsey is a dog who might fit into your family, his adoption fee is $250. He's coming through Dog Rescue Newcastle. Um, And he's obviously uh, vaccinated, desexed, wormed, all that sort of stuff. Um, So you can contact Dog Rescue Newcastle if you're interested in him. And the other dog we had is Bindi, who's a two-year-old Staffy Cross Ridgeback female, um, also vaccinated, desexed, wormed, all that stuff. Um, She's very friendly, loves people and other dogs, great with kids, doesn't jump. That's a big bonus. Um, Loves chasing a ball as well. We've got a, a bit of a theme happening. She will need to go to a home that can take her for a walk every day and be allowed to sleep inside, although with some training she may be able to learn to sleep outside so she's a pampered pooch at the moment um, and is house trained and so she'll let you know she needs to go out to the toilet Um, she loves to be able to be inside and outside can stay outside during the day she can sit shake drop and is very patient to have um, her food and treats and if you're looking for a well behaved dog then Bindi might be the dog for her So she's a, for you, sorry. She's a big dog um, as well female desexed, her adoption fee is about $350 also through Dog Rescue Newcastle.
0: Okay, you'll see all those dogs <coughs> and that information on our website 2 com. click onto the program's link, that'll drop down to the menu opens up to lifestyle, slide across to Pet Chat and you'll find all the information there under the Dog Rescue link as well so check it out at 2 Uh Kimberly, we have Donna no, we did have Donna. We Donna did. Just Looks dropped Looks like out. Donna
2: has dropped out. We've well, lost a few calls today.
0: We have. And I didn't. It wasn't me. That's all right. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> touch it. <laughs> Kimberly, we've got Bob on the line. Uh, Bob has a question about his German Shepherd. Hey,
2: Bob. What uh, can we help you with?
4: Um, I'm. Well, I've got a German Shepherd. He's about two and a half years old. I got him
3: off a woman that wanted to get rid of him. Um, whenever he, he takes off all the time. Mm hmm. Um, if i let him out that well you know if he escapes he runs yep um i can't get him to come back okay. i have like to go and take the car and park it in front of him and get tell him to get in the car yeah um he stresses
4: a lot like whinges yep you've got a whinge thing happening how do i get rid of that
2: um yeah that's a bit of a bit of a task how long have you had him for bob
4: uh... probably
2: over twelve months Okay, so some of it i mean the recall the fact that he runs off that's training most of the time that's training and recall really is the hardest thing to train so encouraging a dog to come back to you when there's lots of interesting things in the world that's a really hard thing um, but it is just about work and training so i'd engage a trainer and work on that um, Whinging and vocalization, that can come up for lots of different reasons. So sometimes you just have a chatty dog who wants to communicate with you. Um, but whinging can be a sign of um, pain and discomfort. It can be a sign of anxiety. Um, it can just be a sign that, um, you know, he's nervous about something happening in his environment or that he's trying to tell you that he wants to play. So, you know, lots of dogs will bring you a ball and they'll sit at your heels and they'll whinge until you play with them. So it can be yeah, no, uh, got attention got that. seeking.
3: Yeah, yeah. I can't take
6: him to the park and let him off the lead, otherwise he takes
2: off. That's right, that's right. So that's what I would do first of all. He'll get more exercise and more enjoyment out of life. If you can engage a trainer and get some more, um, you know, recall so that you're happy that he'll come back to you, um, making sure he's getting lots of exercise will help sometimes with the whinging. So even if you can't let him off, but, um, you know, getting him onto long walks, getting him out for making sure he's he's still getting exercise. Um, so he's getting that um, socialization with the environment and, and stimulation from the environment can be really helpful. Okay? All right. Thank um, you very much. You're Bob. very welcome.
0: Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. Uh, Kimberly, we have uh, Beck on the phone from day. I'd like to talk about uh, her chickens.
2: Hi, Beck. What can I ask, answer about your chickens? Afternoon,
6: guys. How are you going? We're good, thanks. That's good. Maybe I've got uh, some, some rescue hens, yep. uh, ex, ex-battery hens. Sure. I started off with five. Um, I got them maybe about two years ago, give or take. Yeah. Uh, one ran away. Uh, Obviously, she didn't like me. Yep. The other four stayed. Okay. I've I've lost two since I've had them. Yes. The remaining two uh, look as bad as when I got them. When yeah. But when I got them, I got them back up to to scratch, and they look beautiful. Sure. And now they're declining um, yeah. again, and they're just
2: are they are they ice browns or are they um were they layers or.
6: There browns here. Yeah. they're
2: rust brown chocolate so yeah they're brown so they'll be <laughs> okay. ice brown the the issue with um, battery hens and and things like that is that they're you know they're designed to be um They grow up fast, they lay, you know, really prolifically for a short period of time. They're not very good at living a long time. And we see a a really high proportion of these birds that by the time they're three to four years of age, they have serious issues, frequently with the reproductive tract, but not only. Um, But in my practice, we would certainly um, see a, a high number of isobrowns that... Um, you know, they have they're developing um egg yolk peritonitis or reproductive tumors or those sorts of things. And so um I guess I'd always recommend you take them into a local vet and have them looked at because there may be some medical issues and we may be able to help them not necessarily cure them but improve their quality of life for some time. Making sure you're worming them on a regular basis every three months would be worthwhile as well. Um are they laying for you still? Uh
6: they haven't for a month. I have uh, I have two other little wine dots. Yep, uh, phantoms they're nearly nine years old yeah and they look they will sick. They yeah. look sick, but no, they're my the, the, the rescue ones just, they're not laying anymore there. No. they're losing feathers they do get worms Good. um they have been checked okay they're just, just declining sure
2: yeah and and listen that's not unexpected unfortunately in that breed they're just you know we've done that to them but they're not expected to have long life um survival time all right uh-
0: Beck, thank you so much for the call. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming in this afternoon. (laughs) You're very welcome. Really do appreciate all of your advice and I guess we'll catch you next week.
2: Next week I'll be back.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.